For Pete's sake, man. Welcome to this week's episode of For Pete's Sake. I'm your host, Pete. Join alongside Gibby and Trev back there. How you doing? I'm actually behind the glass this week. He is. We're pleased to welcome a special guest in studio this week, all the way from uh, Boston himself, Mr. Aaron Griffin. Great to have you here, bud. Privileged to be with you guys on a Lions football Tuesday here. Wednesday. Wednesday. Night. We needed the extra day to recover after we did. that That's loss. what we needed, yeah. Well, today we're going to discuss the NFL, as we always do, give a NBA season preview. The season's right around the corner here. And end with Griffo's Choice, which is a segment led by our guest here. Uh, but first, boys, as you mentioned, let's talk about the Detroit Lions and Monday Night Football. Tough loss there. Pete, I'm not going to lie. Things have been rough here for me for a second. You know, the fantasy team has lost three games in a row. Michigan State's garbage. The Lions blew it. And, like, it looked like they were going to win. And I had this little glimmer of hope when the Genesis halftime came on. And then it wasn't even live, man. Or it was live, it w- but it was terrible. It wasn't. As, it didn't live up to the expectations I had for it. So just a little tidbit there. Thanks for that. How about the game, though? That was even worse. It was. It was a tough loss. I thought they got hosed, man. Those calls, the hands to the face, which there were not hands to the face, and that could have that allowed the Packers to run out the clock there's, essentially keep that field goal. There's just so many bad calls throughout that entire game. What do you think, Griff? I mean, when you you got to admit, I think we were all fired up on that first play, right? Oh, the you flea know, flicker, flicker. It bold was, bold play call too. Yeah, I loved it. Um, I don't know about you guys though. Like for me, I'm sitting there watching this game and. That got me excited, and I just had a bad feeling the second we settled for a field goal after that, right? Because it was literally, it was like, you know, we we, we had this big play, and then all of a sudden, like, we're, we're already out. Like, you know, we're kicking Next the field goal. Next play right after that, Stafford, you know, trips over. He, trips oh, over he doesn't himself. help. He fumbles the ball. That we, was great. We, it's tough because, you know, I'm not – I don't want to disagree with my man Pete here with the officiating. I think that was – it's hard to argue when it was going to be a turn, not a turnover and downs, but a fourth down in the middle of the field on that sack, or we were at least going to get the ball back with a minute 40. I think it would have been really cool if they accidentally scored that touchdown. Oh, they tried to let him score. Just give Stafford a chance to get the boys down the field. That's all I wanted to see. But at the same time, we, we, we can't get past the fact that like, it's just so frustrating. This team is, I saw a thing that we've now five weeks in all five weeks, we've taken a lead into the fourth quarter. So it's like, you can't finish games. I, as much as I want to be frustrated with the refs, and I am, and I think I'm almost more frustrated with Gibbs. I want to take. I, I really want to get your take on this. Are you, are you as frustrated as I am that Matt Stafford doesn't come out and light the podium on fire after one of these no, games? No, we were kind of talking of a little bit before the podcast where I wanted to see some energy out of Stafford calling out the officials or even Patricia or even Martha Ford for that matter. Like, why aren't you talking? Why aren't you calling out the officials? Just say something. You know the whole fan base feels right. it. And Especially because you believe Stafford's a Hall of Famer. Give a voice 100% spot on. That's Honestly, I take back that take. That's a thing a Hall of Famer will do. But just someone's got to put their voice out there. Get Just speak the mind of what the fans want to hear. And it, it just didn't happen. They all just said, we, we got to score. Like We got to make up on our opportunities, which is true. But I just want to see some energy. Well, I know Patricia's trying to institute like the Patriot way. And I guess that's, you know, we're not going to blame the officials. We're just got to play better. Oh, we're just going to blow leads in the fourth quarter. But I don't want exactly. But I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. Oh, you know, we, we got to play better. I want to hear them rip the officials. Say, you know what? That was a bad call. Let the emotions go. I hate when the coaches will just say that. And like nobody in the organization really complain about it besides the one uh safety who got the helmet to helmet that was another bad call that they he's had, going for the interception going for the ball like i just don't get it and like you can always say our team should have done this we should have scored here and i think the margin of victory is just so small in the nfl where you any given sunday a team could be another team you know outside of maybe the jets or or the dolphins but when calls like that change the entire pace of the game it shouldn't happen. I, I understand one or two judgment calls, but I want to say there was four or five penalties that ultimately kept drives going or changed the pace of the entire game. So I do want to say like that was a win. That was a game that we had won, and because of the officials, we lost. It was it was definitely a game we were stumbling to win, right? Like it seemed like the whole game, like 
it was so, it was honestly just strange that it we wasn't didn't pretty. find the end yeah. zone, right? Well, you but, could see it coming the entire time with totally. the end result was going to be. And that's the difference, though, between we talk about Stafford in comparison to Rodgers. Like, Rodgers just did not have a great game yesterday. But, I mean, look, you got to give Rodgers credit. He gets the he gets the call from the officials, and what does he do? He steps up and he throws a touchdown pass to a kid that was not even working at he a had, pizzeria. He had no receivers like, out there. Exactly. He had and nobody. He had Stafford no one did. playing for him. Stafford's got his whole receiving core and didn't have a passing touchdown. He start, granted, he started out the game, I think, uh, eight for nine. And then from there, he mm-hmm. just he had a worse game than Rodgers. He just couldn't find uh, open receivers. And, you know, Pete, I don't know how long you want to stay on this, but I think one of the biggest – there's two things that I think is really holding back this team right now because as as much as I'm frustrated with this, guys, like I'm actually kind of – I, I like this team. Like for the first time in a while, we actually have like – it seems like a decent team that's going to compete. I see I see sparks. Uh, totally. It, it, there's two things that are really weird though, right? The first thing is this run defense – which was so good last year, it just cannot stop the run. They're av- I think it's like 4.8 yards a carry right now in the defense. That's a good point. The other We're side dropping of- so many guys back. 100%. And-, and look, they have a really good run defense. I don't know what's going on there, but like that's the only thing they got to button up. I'm sorry, but Coleman is having good game after good game after good game. That secondary is holding strong. But then on the other side of this is Carrion Johnson. Just can It just seems like he's either on or he's off. He's either going to be rushing for five yards per carry or he's getting two. That's inconsistent in the run play. It's tough for us to get anywhere on two he yards had, per carry. He had that fumble against uh, Kansas City too, like right when we were about to punch it in. Yeah. He had uh, the other fumble where it should have been a catch um, this past this past Monday night too, and that would have kept that drive going. Mm. What do you uh, What do you think back there, Trev? Well, we obviously, and I, I hate to use this phrase but this is definitely a game where we got hosed by the refs but like we've said we didn't take advantage of the opportunity or uh, the opportunities we did have like i think our red zone offense especially oh, was terrible just punch the in ball this game. in no we, even we had, the touchdown we I, scored I it say, wasn't like yeah. a pretty yeah. touchdown that was tough they kind of, <laughs> that was really we tough. might have gotten that call i mean it looked like he was still into me but i'm honestly kind of yeah. surprised we got that call considering the, this franchise does not get calls so the one point I would say for, I know you brought this up, that we kicked a lot of field goals instead of touchdowns, and obviously that was true as what cost us the game in the end. I will say the counter-argument would be with the end of the game, people that say, oh, well, the officials didn't cost them the game. If the Lions get the ball back, then they're down by two. they got a minute and a half left. I feel pretty confident in Prater kicking a game-winning 50-yard field goal at the end of the game because he was on. He was hitting everything that game. So you're telling Stafford he's got four or five plays, get the ball down the field. It's no timeouts. Goal. Just get into field goal range. I think at least that's a shot. So anybody that's say, oh, well, you know, it's not the official's fault, I think you can't say that. I think you have to contribute it to both. Obviously, the Lions didn't capitalize in the red zone, but also just to disregard the officials, I think, is, is dumb as well. Yeah, I think you could put it both ways, right? I, I'd love to see it, though. Like, you know, we, we talk about this team right now. They're now in the basement of the NFC North, which is, I mean, guys, this is a great division. Best I mean, division in football, for sure, without a doubt. By far. We got a so, lot yeah. of division. That was our first divisional game, so we got we got seven more matchups this this year. And I mean, I can't. Essentially, the frustrating thing with the ref situation is, if anything, like the last five minutes of that game, you're just I don't know about you, I'm I'm sitting there like, oh my god, we're gonna lose this game. You already know what's gonna happen. Yeah, it's we're, that we're lion's game the whole like, time, hundred oh, percent. And then obviously the you know just sugarcoating with with uh, flowers. Uh, look, I, I, look, guys, I think it just we need to see Patricia come back from this at the end of the day. I want to ask you guys this though: Is this is it controversial to say now that this is about twenty twenty now? Because I, I don't know about you guys. I I think you're going to need eleven wins to win this division. I think the wild cards especially are be with tough. the tie too. I don't see this team going eight and three in the last eleven games of this season. I, I think at least it's a bold take to say if they do, they definitely have the team to do it. But I gotta say I'm pretty optimistic about next year. I think you give Bob Quinn another draft. It seems like the the system's working. They actually look like they got some team members. I know, Gibby, you're gonna roast me. You can't. For you can't next give year. up on the season. You got to stop talking, because like, yes, you. I understand where you're coming from, but the division is kind of like out the window at mm. this point. But like, you can't give up on the season yet. Our, the second half of our schedule is pretty easy compared to how we started out, and this team has looked so good at Sparks, where I think we can put something together. And it depends, you know, if Patricia can use this as a bounce back, or is it going to totally, totally just destroy the the locker room and the environment around this team. We mentioned Bob Quinn there. Anyone else see that Bob the Builder animation they put on the game? 
I did not. That was crazy cool. I liked it. A little creative there. It had a little dump truck, and it dumped out all the former Patriots players that are now in the Lions. That was the best part of the game, actually. A little Bob wow. Quinn reference. Uh, but upcoming games, Griff, that you mentioned for the schedule. They versus the Giants, should be able to win that game. Versus the Raiders, uh, Redskins, Buccaneers, Broncos. Uh, so that's five teams right there. You think that they should be able to win. You, you That'd be about seven wins, mm-hmm. and then you're going to need to beat some of the better teams. You know, Green Bay, Chicago twice, Minnesota this weekend. Mm. We got to win. We got to win those divisional games. You, you got to go at least. Bears you got to win three of them, and we got to win that. And that that would that guy. would lead to eight wins if you know you you win three division games and you beat those five other teams, which I think they should beat. Totally. I, I, I'm in agreement, dude. If they don't win eight games, man, I'll be throwing stuff at the end of the season. They should win ten, in my opinion. Like, this is a good football team. It, it's tough, though, to look at how well they've played that they're so close to four and – or really four and one right now, in my opinion. Like, I, I think they've gotten some breaks right now with the wins they've had. But you got to take those breaks. It's the NFL, right? Like, they played an Eagles team, which I'm pretty sure they had, like, just no receivers the week that we played them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you can look back at that stuff, but – it's kind of frustrating. I know we had the Hall of Fame talk with Stafford last week. How is it that, like, this was the game, like, after the first quarter, it was like, holy cow, like, Stafford might actually get this done. Like, I that's, was thinking that's about That's the this. way it's been his whole career, though. This, is, just, this like, would have been the biggest there. game of his career, though, right? Like, it would have been mm, the biggest Monday play. night, like, everyone's, you know, all of America's watching the game. And it's a season that matters all of a sudden, too. Could have put it on the Hall of Fame resume. Mm-hmm. Did you guys see the the standards flip? By the way, if we had won the game, we'd be in first place. Now we're yeah. in the basement yeah. of the division. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to say I'm giving up on it. To clarify, Gibbs, I, I like the team, but I think their ceiling, unfortunately, this year is going to be a wild card matchup, which I'm not yeah. going to rule them out for. This is the NFL, though. Look, the refs are not going to give the Lions any any every, favors. Every game is tough. Like you can't yeah. just put any any game on our schedule as think, an automatic. W. I think for the first time, though, I actually. Kind of feel decent, like just watching the way like Jared Davis is kind of. It doesn't. Like it doesn't hurt to watch this game. team. Like this team is fun to watch. It, I, I, I'm I'm kind of optimistic about the Lions for the first time in a while. I want to see them play though the rest of the season though. Obviously, yeah. like they need yeah. to get. I, I do not want to see them anywhere near the top 15 picks in the. So NFL if you draft. wanted to like throw a prediction out there, like do you see them making the playoffs or like put a like in terms of a number like? Do you want to leave off there, at? Trev? Yeah, I, for me personally. They're competing for a wild card spot now. I think that's fairly obvious. I would. Green Bay has got the like division's five not sewn up yet, but you would think Green Bay would go on to win the North. I think one of the wild card spots is reserved for the NFC West too. Whoever doesn't win between the uh, 49ers and Seahawks yep. is probably going to get in. So I think it's between us, Chicago, Minnesota. I don't believe in Minnesota as much as most. Just people their do. record at the I, moment. I know Cousins went off last week, but I you can't trust him throughout the course of a season. And I would also throw in the uh, Carolina Panthers and Tampa Bay Buccaneers, too, as sort of outsiders. But it's really going to come down to whether we can beat the Bears. Yeah, sweep them. It's weird. My head is actually saying we should be the sixth seed in the NFC, which is the the absolute kiss of death whenever I think the Lions should be in the playoffs. (laughs) So there's no way they're making it. That's true. Yeah. Well, glad to see your take there, Trev. The rest of the NFL this week, guys, have you been paying attention to the trade market at all? Well, Jalen Ramsey... Just got traded today, yeah. He got traded to the LA Rams, and not really focusing on that, but I think it's the whole thing's interesting because of the whole player empowerment movement. We've been seeing it in the NBA past couple of years of players requesting trades, and now it's kind of moved into the NFL where Ramsey basically said, I don't want to play for the Jaguars anymore. I'm going to set out with my, my back injury. What are you talking about? He Hope that back's healed, by the way, right? Yeah, he had a back issue. He had a kid. He left, he left the lights on I mean, on I'm sure home, the didn't team didn't practice. want him playing either. They didn't want him to get injured and blow his trade I remember he, uh, he said he had the flu on Sunday and then was uh, going to see his baby get delivered on like a Tuesday. So hopefully the baby didn't get sick with the flu there. I don't think that's a very good idea, right? Can't do, exactly. do Ramsey like that. Do you guys want to play with this guy? Like if you're in the NFL? Because like... I'm not going to lie. Like, it's not like he gave up on a team that like lost his QB. Like They lost the QB the second week, and then Minshew came in and has held the tie a little bit. I like, didn't think they liked he did, or I think that like the, he didn't like the way the team was playing him, and that's why he kind of wanted out. I think he's disgusted with the franchise, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you got to be pretty upset with the franchise in general. I just I, I wonder, like, I think you got to be excited if you're – it's the Chargers, right? The, the Rams. Them, the Rams. you got to be excited if you're the Rams because like, that defense is just looking awesome. I think if you're a Rams player, you got to be excited because Jalen Ramsey is just a stud. But at the same time, like, 
I don't know. Is there going to be some feeling that in that locker room of the guys that just come in and do their job and they're like, all right, what is this guy? Like, are we going to lose? And this guy's going to be like, oh, you know, what is this? Call everyone out. Yeah. You know, he's an outspoken guy. And I I don't want to say he's ever spoken out about his own team until the Jaguars situation. Hmm. But first team, too. You can't say that he he could be potentially bad for a locker room. Well, it's always got to be awkward for the players that are on the team, the player that you know is unhappy and wants to be treated. I mean, how do you go about answering the questions regarding, you know, does this guy want to be here? Does he not want to be here? It's like, Whatever you yeah, guys know is what know. we know at this point. So I think Jacksonville got a good return. You guys like the return they got? Yeah, two first rounders. Oh, they're first set if they spend those picks correctly. That, and that's and the thing with all this. Whenever you see you know draft picks exchanges, especially high ones in the first round, you still got to be able to pick the correct players. I know as a Lions yeah. fan, we've had plenty of first round picks like Eric Ebron in recent years. That just if you don't hit on those first round picks, it turns out not to be worth it. But if you get good players for it. It could help them, obviously, a ton for the next couple of years. Well, if they follow the Lions model, it's when in doubt, draft a wide receiver again, and eventually you'll get Calvin Johnson. can almost guarantee you no team in the NFL will follow the Lions model, <laughs> especially from that era of the you got to think that they might be trading uh, Minshew, too, potentially for some picks Garner. down the line. That that would be that would be fascinating. A little Minshew magic. If Foles comes back and just is just a stud, he does what he does, He's you know, he's, can I say it? Yes. He's big dick Nick, all right? It's a PG-13 podcast. He's Look, he, if he comes back and he's a stud, it would be interesting to see what he gets because to me it seems like Minshew would get like a third-round pick right now. I don't know if you'd be able to spend more than that. He's got that mustache. I think it's going to be a desperate team looking for a QB. I think the bigger Yeah, exactly. Story, I mean, QBs yeah. are always in demand. I think the bigger story, too, is in Miami right now because Miami and Cincinnati are both tanking, essentially. <laughs> Washington, right? too. Yeah, but Washington just beat Miami. Like, I can't expect that Barely. Washington... I guess my point is I, I don't expect that Washington's going to top Miami for that first overall pick. True. They're tanking for Tua, right? Yeah, like, they that, are. That's what it is. What happens if Cincinnati goes out, takes Tua, and Miami's got to find a QB? Like, do you see Gardner and shoot <laughs> Dolphins? You know, no. I, I hope just not. No. I hope not. Ah. For his own sake. Is Josh McCown still in the league? Oh, yeah, he, he is on the Eagles. Yeah. You know he's going to end up there. He yeah, called him back. He's they they had that graphic of like oldest players in the league, and he's on there. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, unless the if the price tag is like, actually, as I say this, is probably not worth it. But like, if you could get him wicked cheap, I would not mind the Lions get picking up Minshew as a as a second string guy. Because like, is he we, gonna be good enough to start on another NFL team? I mean, that's been our problem. We don't have a backup quarterback if Stafford no, goes down, and no one. I kind of like the We're moxie. Screwed. You know, if he wants to come here and work, Patricia's gonna put him to work like a dog. If he wants to do that and not play, I, I kind of like him for the locker. I mean, room. there's there's no way, there's no way. Just like there's too much value that Minshew would get out there for us to like do anything All with right. that. We, we could drop this topic, but I do want to say it'd be kind of fun to see a Gardner Minshew Mitchell Tubitsky battle in the preseason. That you could, <laughs> I can actually <laughs> see that though. Like the Bears are the one team that that's hard knocks waiting trying to, to put it right together. Oh jeez, gets uh, stabbed on it there. Mm. Yeah. Oh. Well, well, what do you guys think in the in the as the Lions finishing the year? Because Trev said it. You said what did you say the record? Oh, you said I'm, I'm gonna say they're gonna be ten five and one and just sneak into the playoffs ahead of a bunch of ten and six teams. Watch them tie another the, game. The tie, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that would absolutely screw them. Like the like the Packers at the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah, you, you know that'll happen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go with the same thing. Well, ten five and one. I'm going to say they're going to get nine wins, and uh, they're going to miss the playoffs. But it's going to be Probably close. a safe bet. Then. In and around that win range, between eight and ten, I think. What do you I, think? I'd say nine. I'd say nine right now. It really comes out of this division. Because we think this division is great right now, but I could also see... I could see Minnesota still tanking for whatever reason. They got all the talent in the world. They can't seem to put they're it just together. So a lot of egos on. there into the locker room. Yeah, you Jeez. could see... I could see... I could really see the Lions and the Packers just feasting on this division for whatever reason, just because it seems like we have the best all-around teams that are going to be consistent at least. But I think the Vikings are still a better team than the Lions are today, talent-wise. They especially. just got to put yes. it together, and they have haven't really done that yet yet this year. Well, their big football news this week, big week for Michigan State here, as uh, Connor Cook, number two pick in the upcoming XFL draft, number two overall. Vince is back, baby. I want to say that's the best news I heard out of East Lansing for a long time. Uh, it says he was drafted by the Roughnecks. What so, city? I uh, do not know, but just okay. the Roughnecks. I like it, though. He's going it's to play move. another league. He's going to take his talents to the XFL. Ever since he grabbed that trophy in the 
was it the Big Rose Ten Bowl? Big Ten Championship. Oh, the, yeah. It was the Rose Bowl, I think. I have it for you guys. It's the Houston Roughnecks. Mm. I, I like them in Houston. Sure, the city of Houston's excited about having an XFL team, especially oh, yeah. in the midst of this playoff run for. They baseball. got themselves a franchise quarterback. Well, who'd you rather have, Deshaun Watson or Connor Cook? Connor Cook, obviously. <laughs> one of them has a Big Ten championship. One of them has a Rose Bowl. Well, one of them also has a national championship. Yeah, but it's the granddaddy of them all. It sure is. Uh, but congrats to Connor Cook there. You guys going to watch the XFL, by the way? I yes. I mean, like, if it's on. Trev is. You got to watch some football. Like, if they throw it on during, like, after the Super, Super Bowl is over, like, Dude, why whatever, not? Whatever Cook's doing, what is it, the Roughnecks? The Roughnecks. Whatever he's doing on the Roughnecks has got to be more entertaining than watching Mark D'Antonio trot out there with this squad. <laughs> oh, God. Like, this is just such a rough game. I go, yeah. I, I come back, I, you know, I'm unemployed now. I leave Boston. I come out here to watch. You're on some... a podcast, man. You're not unemployed. Yeah, come on. That's that's fair. Yeah, You're on a world get, tour. Get some royalty checks from the from the plays that we get on here. But let's be honest. I come here to watch some football with the boys, and <laughs> it's not even football. Like, they don't even score. Just can't it's even. Like... Yeah, they can't they, score. They, they can't put, put up ten together. points the last two games. We put up as many there's... points in the last game as they did. Yeah. There's talent on this team, and we just can't yeah. do anything with it. And... You, you know, Mike Valenti. Local, local. I think uh, I think we aspire to get the show oh, to where, where Valenti's is today. We love a little ninety-seven or the ticket. Ninety-seven won right. the ticket for yeah. all of our national listeners. It's the it's the local uh, kingpin of Detroit talk sport radio mm-hmm. sport talk or whatever it be uh, talk radio. Mister Valenti had a great point. He just said like he's like I'd expect Val- he would expect D'Antonio to win two of these three upcoming games just because he he's got a decent team. He's a great coach. Like. You'd expect something to happen, and I just disagree with that. I don't expect him to win any of these games because he has no, no business doing it, but I expect him to over. compete. He can't even score touchdowns. This is just – it's embarrassing right now to be a Spartan. It's been a rough fall between the Lions' losses and just MSU, and I'm just looking forward to basketball season, man. Yeah, I mean, Ooh. you know we're going to end up in the Little Caesars Pizza Bowl somehow as like a 6-6 six and six team. Detroit. I do got to say I'd love, I'd love to see – I'd love to see this team as bad as they are somehow beat Michigan because that'd just be hilarious. It's all we're playing for. They at this will point. show up for that game. That's I don't know if they'll win, but they will show up. Well, Any kind of robbery as, game. Yeah, them showing up has nothing to do with Lewerke throwing a ball. Like it's just True. it's just a matter of like, ah, uh, let's move on from this, right? Well, Gibby, well I think we should. We're getting a little worked up here, <laughs> but Gibby, you mentioned your favorite sports coming up. What uh, what sport is that? A little bit, a little bit of basketball. Basketball season, both NCAA and NBA, but the NBA, course, yeah, NBA is right around the corner. We've been talking about it for a few weeks here. I think it's time for Pete's NBA predictions for this Ooh. season. You what guys you ready? Got, yeah, what you got for us, Pete? We're gonna start out with the standings here. Western Conference first, going number one seed, Denver Nuggets. Big season for Ooh. them last year. Out of the West, I think they got a really deep team. You can see other teams, you know, resting some players. You want Denver Nuggets, with the Joker. They're a regular season team. They too. are. So, you know, they'll have like a really, probably like 64 wins or something around there. That's what I thought. Number two, I put the Clippers. I like that defense with Kawhi and Paul George. I think they will rest some players at some point. You know, Kawhi will rest. But I like how deep that team is as well. And Lou Williams, Montrez Harrell, and the team, they're very good last year without these two guys. So I think they're going to be uh, number two seed out there. Number three, the Houston Rockets. I'm excited to watch them play. Because of the Russell Westbrook James Harden connection, and again they are a regular season team, like Trev said about the Nuggets, where you know they're going to win a bunch of games, just the way that they're set up there. Number four, got the Portland Trail Blazers, just because they always seem to be in the the top couple of seeds there. Can't explain it; they just they're always there. Number five, got the L.A. Lakers. I think they're going to rest LeBron and Davis throughout the year, but I think they're going to be much improved. Good defense, I think, this year compared to last. Number six, Utah Jazz, another team that he's just going to find his way in Regular there. season team, like sneaky good. Great home field or home court advantage in Utah. No one ever wants to play there. Uh, number seven, Golden State. I think they're going to still make the playoffs, but they're going to drop off without Thompson and Durant. And number eight, big surprise here, the New Orleans Pelicans making <laughs> the playoffs as the eight, as the eight seed. You've almost killed Griffo with that uh, mm-hmm. prediction. There. You don't like that, uh, that opinion say, there, Griff? You're sleeping on the Phoenix Suns, man. <laughs> I, I want to throw another team out there Sacramento Dallas yeah. The Spurs I didn't mention There's a really, bunch of teams Really anyone except for Phoenix Gibby likes them <laughs> yeah. I mean they got They made a big splash With Aaron Baines this summer And uh, pair that up With uh, Devin Booker And Rubio And Kaminsky And you're set 
That's our Phoenix Suns. That's a, play, that's a playoff roster right there. The, sure the Pelicans. Is. The Pelicans are the only team in the Western Conference that are four and zero right now, too. In the preseason, I know they I look like, good. I know it's preseason, but look good. I like to see. I like to see it. I, I like the power rankings, Pete. You just threw out there for the Western Conference. I got nothing to disagree with. What I would hope, too, is that the Pelicans would, if this came to fruition, the Pelicans would somehow beat the Nuggets and the Lakers would somehow beat the Blazers in the playoffs, and then you get Lonzo against his former team for all the glory. Oh, I didn't even realize I set it up that yeah, way. I, would, oh I, just, God, I, I would want to hear the quotes out of ball that Oh, week. that would be the greatest week of sports media this country's I'm ever hoping so for that. He uh, needs some more time on ESPN. He does. Well, for the Eastern Conference now, switching sides here to the Detroit Pistons. Uh, number one, I got the Milwaukee Bucks. No surprise there. Yeah, that's the obvious choice. Uh, number two, I got the Sixers. I think that's going to be a close race because I like what, the, like what the Sixers did, like actually bringing in Horford. I think he's going to be a good so, you know, role player alongside Embiid, but Embiid might miss a bunch of games because he always does, so you can put Horford in there. What do you think about Simmons being able to knock down threes this year? Is that I mean, for real? I've seen the videos, but... She did it in a preseason game. I'll, I'll, I'll wait till I see it in a regular season game to, to actually call it that. But number three, I actually get the Indiana Pacers because they're not one of those teams. It just yeah, seems to be in there. They're sneaky good, too. Like, they they got a good roster. Like, not they, really any, like, huge stars. They're a well-oiled machine. They, they're always in and around this range in the Eastern Conference. They never really drop off. <laughs> the Pacers crack me up. I always just think, like, who... How are they competing? Like, because nobody's gonna go. I mean, we joke that no one plays for Detroit, but like, who's gonna come to the Pacers in free agency? But they always seem to have a decent NBA squad. They got a good home court too. That field house. Yeah, the draw of Indianapolis. Little Mm -hmm. rivalry between the Pistons too. Uh, Number four, I got the Boston Celtics. I know they lost Kyrie, but bringing Kemba Walker, I think they got a bunch of really good young players. Obviously, Hayward this year bounce back. Depends on how they use him. I think he'll be better without Kyrie because Kyrie was pretty ball dominant. I know Kemba it's is as touches. well, but I think they're a little bit of different players. I think Kemba is not going to have as much of a dominant. He's not as selfish. Yeah, exactly, as Kyrie out there. But number five actually had the Brooklyn Nets with Kyrie. Uh, they were good last year added Kyrie Irving, so I'm interested to see how that works. Yeah, that'd I mean, be another dynamite is playoff there, Is there up. any chance Durant... Will come back this year? No, no, is he, he's out. He's okay. out. I didn't know I set it up that way. It'd be Celtics yeah. versus Nets in the first yeah. round. The Nets are a next year team already. I hate to say that. Uh, number six, I have the Raptors losing Kawhi. I don't think anyone yeah. expects them to be as good, but still got a bunch of good players. They still a playoff team. Well, I mean, yeah, obviously have them in there, but for everyone else here, what do you guys think of the rumors that they're? Have you guys seen? I've seen some rumors that they're if they if they don't do as well, they're they're just gonna. There's gonna be a fire sale in Toronto. I, I could crazy. see that. I could see them trading Lowry. I could see them trading Gasol. They won't trade Siakam because he's a young player that they want to hold on to. Unless they get an absolute fortune for him. Exactly. Um, but I could see it just depending on the season goes. I think they're gonna be good enough to still stay in it. But that's why they gave Lowry like another year extension to make mm-hmm. him more, you know, reliable for like a trade asset or something that other teams had wanted just you know for a year and a half instead of mm-hmm. uh, just for half a year. Number seven, boys, the Detroit Pistons. Sneaking into the seventh seed. Moving up a spot. Derrick Rose. He, he's going to have a great year, I'm telling you. He's going to come off the bench, it looks like, from the preseason games. We can get into that a little bit here. a good preseason. He is, and I like that addition. I like uh, the Pistons at the seventh seed. And then the eighth seed, the Miami Heat with Jimmy Butler. I think you give, Eric, give Eric Spolster a really good player like that. I think they're going to sneak in as the eighth seed. Yeah, it's hard. Hard to see who, who you, else would go in ahead of them. Too. Who do you have missing out then? Who do you have at the nine? All the other teams that are not in the playoffs okay. right now. I mean, it's kind of a toss-up. Like, like Charlotte or... Yeah. Charlotte would be one yeah. that I know. Or the Orlando Magic. Yeah, the playoffs I think last they were year. a playoff team. So I have that missing out. I think there's a bunch of teams that are kind of mediocre that are bunched up there. A, yeah. It's going to be a race for that seventh and eighth seed. What are your thoughts about those standings, Griff? I'm actually curious. What do you guys think would be the biggest storyline for the Miami Heat this year? Their standings or Jimmy Butler showing up to the gym at 3 o'clock in the morning? Yeah, what was he doing? Was he just like hitting the club and went straight to the gym? If you, if you want my on theory there? on it, I think he showed up just to let the press know that he showed up at 3 o'clock in the morning. Nah, <laughs> yeah, 100%. I love it, though. Classic NDA move. No, the classic Jimmy Butler move. I mean, just I, just in general, yeah. It's a, you're, you're right with the NBA move, but like I, I, I think you get a lot of guys. like There's this legendary story about Tom Brady and... I don't even know which player it was like on the Patriots, but it was like Brady's like first or second year, and I think it was his rookie year. Guy shows up historically; he's like a vet- veteran on the early Patriots team, you know that early two thousand squad, and he shows up every morning at like five o'clock in the morning, and 
he's always the first one in the locker room, always the first one in the gym. And he's like, I get in there one day, and it's the scrawny kid is also in there in the gym with me. So he's like, you know, we're a little competitive. He's like, the next day I come in 15 minutes earlier. And then 15 minutes earlier, then a week goes by, and they just keep trying to best each other. And he's like, you know, I'm going to go crazy. I'm going to show up at 3 o'clock. It was like 3.30 in the morning to start my workout. He gets in there. Tom Brady walks out, slaps him on the ass, and says, hey, just had a good workout, dude. He came in at like 2. <laughs> Tom he Brady, man. workout done. Got to respect so it. So are you yeah. comparing uh, Jimmy Buckets to Tom Brady? I think no. it's what he just did. Yeah. No, that's, because that's Tom Brady didn't go to the press and tell people about it. He just went in there to earn his due. I think I – think, Let's just be honest. Is Jimmy Butler a free agent after this year, or did he just sign, he with just signed just a signed. max deal? I, he's going to get traded within the next two seasons. I just don't well, see him long term. Been doing Miami. a lot of that recently. I I don't see it, but that's my take on on Jimmy Butler. He'll come through Detroit at some point via trade. I don't know if it's the next the two years, career. but he'll he'll end up here somehow. Well, for the playoffs, go to the they'll go to the conference finals here. Skip over the other parts. We got the Lakers versus the Clippers. Got an all LA matchup in the West. I got the Lakers coming out. Going, I'm I'm pulling for LeBron this year. Playoff we'll get into LeBron in the minute here, but I'm thinking LeBron, Anthony Davis. I'm going to go for the Lakers this year. They stay healthy. Exactly. It's yeah, that's, that's huge. They do not have any depth on that team, so like they they really can't afford injuries. I think. Look, I, I'm curious to see how LeBron will play. You you guys know I'm not. I am not the. I, I won't. The only basketball I really watch is the finals, and let's just be honest. Like my first really time I dove into NBA was. I think 2016, it was when Della Dova came in. Like, look, LeBron basically Delhi, took a high school pride team. Pride of Australia. Oh, yeah. Dude, LeBron took a high school fringe college team and Della Dova and competed against the Golden State Warriors. Like, I love the finals. That was I, like the last good NBA finals. Totally. Oh. Year after was good, too, yeah. to come back 3 yeah, 1. Right. I would love to see an LA versus LA just because I, I really think the storylines would be hilarious. I think it'd be a good thing to watch. I think it'd be great for the league to see those superstars. I would I would go I, I really like the Clippers though I'm sorry I I, I think it'd be tough to, to beat Kawhi especially just because you know again LeBron's getting old you know he he's he's, yeah. he's he's a stud I'll take him if he's healthy but I don't know how many games he's gonna roll into with a glass of wine this year yeah I gotta <laughs> say for me like I'm sort of like Griff I don't really watch the NBA until the finals but or I guess I've watched a little bit more of the playoffs these last few years but there's a team I think that's being kind of slept on here they really. I feel like they get slept on a little bit every year, but they go out in the playoffs at the same point. I think they'll make it to the conference finals and lose to probably the Clippers because I'm, a, like I said, I'm a bigger fan of the way that team is constructed. But the Portland Trailblazers, <sighs> Damian Lillard can elevate in the playoffs. I just don't know if the rest of that team's good enough to really give them a good finals run. Yeah, I had them losing to the Lakers in this just because I don't believe in the team overall. But I agree if you on turns Damian Lillard. The, the problem I have with your pick, and it's not even really a problem, it's just that I think they'll meet earlier in the playoffs than the conference finals. Because at least one of those teams is going to have some betting in issues during the regular season. So they'll probably meet as like a 1v4, like a 2v3 they could. or something. Well, for the Eastern Conference, we had the Bucks versus 76ers. I know that's not as you know exciting of a pick, but they're the two best teams, I think, in the Eastern Conference. I mean, the only other team you can really make an argument for, I feel Pistons. like, is Indiana. Uh, well, yeah, Pistons. Or, but... Yeah, obviously. Uh, then for the finals, I had the Lakers versus 76ers, and I picked the Lakers just because I don't trust Ben Simmons' jump shot. But I trusted <laughs> enough to bring him to the finals, but not to win. I, th- oh. I think you got to go with whoever you have coming out of the West. Yeah, I think the yeah. West. Yeah. I was going to say, how do you guys feel about the... Because, I mean, a couple of years ago, the West was just hilarious how slated slay, the talent was. And how do you guys feel about this year? Because we still definitely an advantage in the West when you guys seem like the Pistons coming in. But. Yeah, yeah, I think it's the better conference in terms of just overall. Hmm. I mean, we talk about the Suns being bad, but every other team you can make a yeah. case for getting to the playoffs. Yeah, it, it oh. did sway back, I want to say, like a year or two ago where they were pretty even, but the West has definitely come back. Pete, what do you think about Golden State this year? I think that they're. I think you have to respect them enough to put them in the playoff conversation. I haven't liked how they looked in the preseason. I don't get D'Angelo Russell on that team. They have a bunch of guys I cannot name out there. So that really concerns me. I think Curry's going to have to do a lot. I think they'll get Thompson back around the All-Star break, and they'll make a push, I think, to the playoffs. But I don't have them you know, advancing far in the playoffs. I have them at a 7, maybe 8 seed. You can make a legit case for them missing the playoffs, I think, this year. Are they a team, though, like, because I always felt like the the Warriors. Don't get me wrong; like them losing Durant is huge, and like not even just Durant. Iguodala's not there. You know they got some team. Like their bench is no longer as deep as you talked about. But 
they've got they've got Draymond Green. They got some pieces that I don't know about you guys. I, I feel like I still don't want to play them. If I'm if I'm in the Western Conference, like they're a team that's kind of a sleeper. Like I just don't want to play them. Oh yeah, yeah. you have to respect the what three of the five years they've won the yeah. championship. Still the same player minus Durant, but still that championship pedigree on there. Yeah, you'd think they would. Uh, whoever they get in the first round, they would at least take to like six or seven games, at, even if you have them losing. Should I go into the awards season then? I'll just Why go, not? go through it really quickly. Here. I will. I got MVP, the beard, James Harden. You know, he's always putting up those numbers. He's just a safe pick to throw in there. He's a stats guy. Got rookie of the year, Zion. Got six man, Will Barton of Denver. And I got coach of the year, Mike Malone of Denver. Really high in the Nuggets, as you saw. So I'm, I'm picking those guys to win. Got defensive player of the year. I'm going Anthony Davis because I'm high in the okay. Lakers. I think he's going to have a great year. And then most improved, I'm going Lonzo Ball. How about that pick? He's going to have a big Thrives year. Thrives in the new environment. Don't have him as is. MVP, though. Not as MVP, but most improved. He's going to have a big year for him. Okay, the Pelicans in the playoffs. So that's my NBA predictions for you guys this year. How do you feel? I think Vegas had the Pistons at 37.5 for the over-under and wins. I think you're going to win more, maybe like 41, 42. Okay. Um, yeah. More I, that 7 seed. Yeah, I think 39 wins probably gets you into the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. So they'll probably be like... There's 82 games in the season, right? They'll probably be like 41 and 41. But Perfect. That sounds seven. like a Pistons team. Yep. Favorite quote, though, so far, I, I think it was Derrick Rose. I know it was Derrick Rose. He said, he said, uh, you know, my career, he's like, I still don't have that championship ring. That's why he came to Detroit. That's why he came to Detroit. <laughs> Love it. We'll leave it at that. You do not want to play the Detroit Pistons in the playoffs. Well, you was... Derrick Rose on a, on a yeah. ring hunt. I mean, you, you learned that last year when we got swept in four games. It'll be, uh, it'll be fun to watch them this year. Uh, should we move on to their final segment here? I believe so. We got Griffo's Choice. Griffo, wow. this is your choice for the segment. Yeah, Whatever you want to talk about. about. I'm excited about this. I had a, I, I just wanted to throw a few questions to you gentlemen. I, yeah. I, I'm a big fan of the pod. I really appreciate you guys having Let's me on. It. As long as you're not putting me on blast or anything. No, no. I'm going to start with a, I think it's a pretty good one. Um, we're talking about the college football playoff, actually. As we kind of move into... Uh, irrelevancy with MSU. Um, looking back on this, though, I think one of the biggest challenges right now in NCAA football is the recruiting end of this. Like, and, and it's it's gotten worse. I think with the playoff is just the fact that, I mean, literally the SEC teams plus Ohio State, maybe Oklahoma, and I'm probably missing one or two other teams. Clemson, Clemson, obviously, those guys. But really, you're looking at like eight teams max that are getting all of the players now. Yep. And if you're a player, like guys, why do you want to go play for any other like any other program? They're not going to make the playoff. Like, I think it's still fascinating that MSU found a way to get into the playoff. Like, it is so hard to get into the college football playoff. The question I want to put to you three: any 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 move on if you were if you had some power influx on changing up the playoff, you think it'd be better if we moved it to an eight game or an eight team or even a more include more teams? How how do you go about this? Because this is this is going to reach a problem where it's just no, no longer competitive to anybody outside of those eight programs. Yeah, I think for me, I would go to eight. Uh, five of them guaranteed. Give each of the Power Five conferences one guaranteed berth. Um, have one spot reserved for a non-Power Conference team. So any of the... Uh, Be kind of cool. The non ones. So in case you get another situation like UCF a few years ago where, yeah, they didn't play anybody, but nobody really knew how good they were. And I think they didn't they, lose. So. They, they did beat, beat somebody in like the Fiesta Bowl, I want to say, a few years ago. So have one spot reserved for that and then two wild cards. Because there's not going to be any system you come to in college football where there isn't some form of debate unless you get it to where there is a specific qualification. But I think that's the best system for me. Yeah, I mean, like you just see now, now you have one loss and your entire season's over right at the beginning of the season. So you've got to keep playing for something. And I think you've got to expand the playoff to at least eight teams. And I know, I know like Division One AA, they do like the 16-team playoffs. And, I, you know, I'd love to see that too. Just kind of like a more of like a March Madness kind of feel to it. Plus two, if you go to eight, that would get, I believe, all of the like big former BCS Bulls and the two they added into the playoffs every year. There you go. So, like, you could still have the Rose Bowl be Big Ten money. versus Pac-12, but it would just be part of the playoffs. <laughs> well, to answer your question, Griff, I'd go eight. And I know the argument would be, oh, well, they have to play, you know, an extra game. NC doesn't give a shit about the players playing an extra game. They're, they're just looking for the amount of money. Plus, if they're going to start getting uh, – the pay- players are going to start getting paid 
I think that's more of an incentive to move to an extra game. And the recruiting aspect, I think, is interesting that you bring up because I think it would open up more for more teams. You know, instead of right now you said maybe with six teams competing for four spots, you know, you make it eight, maybe that's 12 teams at least that you can think of. If you take Trev's plan to an at-large team, that opens up even more. Mm-hmm. That more teams, any team can get into the playoffs. So I think I would go eight teams. I know why they did it four at first, just to try it out, but I think they should go to eight. It's interesting because I've read some articles on it. People are for expanding the amount of player or amount of teams in the league, or excuse me, the playoff. But also, some people want to maybe put a cap on how many five-star, four-star recruits a team can bring in. It'll be interesting to see where the league goes in the next five years because, like you said, they only brought in the four team to kind of see how this. Yeah. No, especially once started. you see like all these people are or the the debate starting about possibly paying these players too in some states. Like, who knows what's going to happen in a few years down the line. Totally. I got five questions total. I want to go to number two. This is on last week's pod. We talked about uh, We talked about uh, Matthew Stafford as a Hall of Fame candidate. I, I want to ask you this, Gibbs, because one of the things you made very clear, though, we got to see something different out of Stafford in the second half of his career than the first. Like, we got – I mean, I assume you just – we want to see him win some big games. Yeah, he's got to win big games. I don't know, maybe he's got to make a playoff push. Maybe, actually, maybe a Monday night game. Um, question. <laughs> Matthew Stafford. If Matthew Stafford retires with the NFL passing record, however, he finishes his career the exact way he started it. We're talking exact way oh, he's playing. Oh, man, I can't go through point. like 10 more years of that. So the question is, does get he ready. get into the Hall of Fame with the passing record, but overall just kind of a mediocre performance level? How does, how does he not? Like, he won't deserve it, but he'll still be in just solely based off the record. Okay. I'm going to go No. Because I don't, I think that there's like Mahomes and a couple guys behind him that I think are going to get to a similar number. I think they might pass him, so all of a sudden he's not going to have that record. Assuming that he doesn't win any kind of mm-hmm. playoff game or anything, I would say no. Which I know, is, you know, if you finish the top passing record, you would assume he'd be in. But I'm going to go no on it. Yeah, I'm also going no for sort of the same reasons. Stafford, we got to keep in mind he came into the league right as the league really started to shift towards more pass centric offenses, so. People that came in around 2009, 2010, 11. Like, like I'm who, sure Cam Newton, if he was healthy, he would you can't be having a, a similar single conversation. name, though, who like compares to him from a year like his draft class in terms of passing yards. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I, I would also agree with Pete that players like Patrick Mahomes, maybe even, I know it's still early, but like someone like Deshaun Watson. Russell Wilson, too. Russell Wilson. They will surpass him. And I think even if he, he'll get on the ballot, I would say. <laughs> I don't know if he'll get put in. But, you know, if he's not a first ballot Hall of Famer. Like, I, I can't really defend Stafford making the Hall of Fame. I'm just saying there is going to be that conversation one day, especially, you know, if he plays in, plays into his 40s and does actually end up getting that all-time passing record. Hmm. So we got my third question here. We had the NBA-China controversy. Um, question for you guys right now. We, we saw LeBron. Did you guys all see LeBron James's comments? Oh, you yeah. sent it to me. Came out, of, came out of left field, kind of. Yeah. So, I think we're all, we all know what's going on, obviously. Like, there's a there's a narrative right out of the commissioner's office where everyone's shutting their mouth on this, right? Like, they do mm-hmm. not want to disrupt the money at all. Um, is LeBron and, like, I guess to, to you guys, like, the question is, like, is the league and someone like LeBron, who's individually coming out on the side of the league in this one, are they going to look back on this 30 years from now as a, just a big mistake. What do you guys think on this? Well, you sent it to me this week, and my first thought, I think I sent to you, was, well, I know they're just over there in China, so obviously he was probably upset for everything that happened. Um, but more reading into and hearing the entire conversation, I was, I think, disappointed in what he said, just uh, when he said that um, Daryl Morey was misinformed about the situation. I don't think that that was really, you know, the case. You can argue maybe it's not you should a good have, way to like come off. Yeah, maybe you shouldn't have tweeted about it, or you say, yeah, maybe it's not the best timing or something. You can make that argument if you're LeBron. But I think the idea of saying, you know, a person shouldn't be able to tweet something out or say something in support of, you know, people, you know, in China, just the whole entire freedom of speech idea. You can't come out and support players that are doing that, and then shut down the general manager who's doing that. I just I thought it was a bad look for LeBron. I was unexpected, like you said. He came out of left field. I did not see that coming. I thought he would have been saying, oh, I support Dale yeah, no, Especially as someone who's like 
come out so outspoken for like social issues too. I'm, I'm kind of surprised he didn't just push the narrative. You know what? I, you guys have seen what's going on in the league. Like, I'm just not going to comment on it. That yeah. that probably would have been the best thing to do because that yeah. would have protected his bases and also had protected you know the business aspect of it, which obviously is you know playing a factor here, yeah. like you mentioned. Well, the thing that surprised me the most was he had over a week to prepare for this statement, and I know. that's what he came up with. Like you know, he has his whole. He has a PR team like working for him. He has a calm guy, and like that's what he came up with. And I, I'm just like surprised by that. The misinformed that, statement I thought was the worst part he said. That, but that's a pretty that that's been pushed. Like that the misinformed you, narrative. I've heard, heard that, that word from a, so many times. Yeah, I've heard that from issue. a lot of guys. I'm pretty sure Steve Kerr's dropped that. I know LeBron's dropped it. Maybe that's a something lot. that the league wanted him to say. It's not just the NBA too. I think. Uh, I don't know if you guys have been following this, but like Blizzard Entertainment, they uh, they make I want to say League of Legends, but they literally banned somebody like one of their professional players for just showing support for Hong Kong, and that's another company whose most of their market is China. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I think it's telling actually what uh, going a little bit away from LeBron, but what Enos Cantor has been putting out on social media these last yeah. uh, few days. Feuding with LeBron. Yeah, obviously for those who don't know, he's basically like an international fugitive at this point for what he said about turkey and uh erdogan um and it's just a reminder that even though we live in this country right now you know freedom is not free i think kind of like griffo said if he didn't want to make a comment on it i don't really think he had to he could yeah, no. def- defract it from the question he, in a very he could have very easily just said you know what with everything that's going on i have a conflict of interest obviously i I don't think I should be talking about this. I think everyone would have understood that too. Yeah, I mean, people still would have criticized him, but it would have been less. Or you it know, sounds less bad. Yeah. yeah. You know, you also you you guys mentioned last week who what it's Daryl Morey, right? Yeah. The GM yeah. Rockets. Yeah. You know, you know when you guys were talking about how he came out and he apologized for his tweet after, and like you know the I think it's fascinating because like there's no way that 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 apology didn't come. I mean. For lack of a better expression, that did not come without a gun to his head. Like I, I really think that th- I think the league really, I think they would have fired him. Probably the if league he didn't come out. Probably just, the owner as well. Oh, I think the pressure came down on him to get rid of this, Absolutely. get it out of the no, headlines. No, it's just one of the most yeah. bizarre things too. Oh, it's like a six six word tweet just yeah. caused all of this. Because there's just no, but you're seeing you got to almost be. It's not not that it's impressive because that's not the word, but it's really crazy how just streamlined. Everyone in the NBA is just lining up in the defense of this, and it's it's kind of crazy. We haven't had anyone go rogue, at least just to say like, t- like to me, the no comment would be kind of like disagreeing with this. But like, hey, I'm not gonna, because if I'm Maury too, like, how many shoes is James Harden selling in China? Like, this is not only mm-hmm. a, na- a national or an NBA issue. This is a Houston Rockets issue too. Like, you could create some huge issues in terms of the monetary reasons. I thought it was interesting. Anybody else? You guys have also have anything to say on this? We're good. I think we've said what needed to be said. I love quick the, fire it here. Let's go. I love this quote from South Park. They put out a. They put out like making fun of this. Oh, and, their episode with that. Oh, they, oh they man, I gotta apology. catch up on the new season. He said, "Like the NBA, we welcome the Chinese censors into our homes and into our hearts. We too love money more than freedom and democracy." So I, I had to throw that one out there. <laughs> that makes sense. Of course, that so, sums it sums it up. All right, uh, last two ones here. So um, this one's kind of fun. Uh, Who's more uncomfortable, Kershaw in a playoff game or Gibby and Pete on the hockey section last week? In oh, Pete's man. Oh, man. No. Definitely me trying to talk hockey. I was about to say, in any normal doubt. circumstance, it's Kershaw, but it's definitely me trying to go not, solo on the hockey. Not my natural <laughs> environment. Still so got, so got Zetterberg out there? Is he uh... He's been retired for a few years now. I can tell you Steve Eisman's or GM, but that's that's about as deep as my knowledge goes. Like I told you, I'll see you in April or whatever. There yeah. was playoffs start. I'll watch the playoffs. Oh, yeah. So don't, don't expect much it. regular season hockey coverage coming yeah, up. There. Some great hockey predictions on the last podcast. I'm just poking some fun at the gentleman Thanks, here. Go abs, Wings. Abs you over applaud, Maple Leafs. But real quick, just to actually, this wasn't in my notes, but almost to close on this, like guys, the, the NLCS here, and the ALCS, we still got the uh, the Astros and the Yankees going. Is it just another slap in the face to the Detroit Tigers that three three fifths of their rotation is going to be represented in the World Verlander Series this year? Verlander and Scherzer yeah. could literally be pitching 
game one. Did you guys series. see the Annabelle Sanchez <laughs> yeah. Scherzer thing? Like yeah. they both took no hitters, and that happened exactly the same way in Boston. Like, yeah. And then you could have a chance for the Astros. You're gonna have Verlander. And we on the won side absolutely nothing. Plus, uh, you got Fernando Rodney on the Nationals too. Isn't uh, isn't Andrew okay. Romine on the Yankees? Uh, that's his brother. That's his brother. Jesus, but they have Cameron Mabin. Yeah. So. Not never a great player, but you know it's gonna win a World Series. You guys, you guys watch any of the NLCS at all? I, I have been a little like, bit. The, the Cardinals just—I was surprised they did not show up. That yep. entire season. They got kind of talked right? about that though. You know, we're the the Cardinals are gonna have to be pretty fringe. The Nationals have a stacked team. They, they just for whatever reason they have never been able to put the, it together. You know what it is? They figured out their bullpen problems. They were relying too much on Drew Storen in the mm. playoffs prior or prior. Yeah, they got rid of him this year. And I think they've moved to is Fernando Rodney actually their closer? Nah. No, it's uh, Daniel know. Hudson. They got him at the trade deadline. It'll be fascinating yeah. to see if the Nationals rotation with Strasburg, Annibal, uh, Scherzer, I think Corbin's in there. Yeah, Patrick Corbin. If they end up matching up with the Astros, that's going to be a really good pitching playoff. And again, nobody will watch the World Series because it'll be a very boring World Series. <laughs> Oh, especially sure. with how the games are managed now, too, with teams mm-hmm. going to the bullpen after three innings as soon as two guys are on base. It's just, it prolongs the game more than anything. Well, the, the 2013 Detroit Tigers live on. They do. They do. I mean, weren't four of them on the Red Sox last year? Yeah. Or four former Tigers? I don't know if they were from JD was on there. JD, Porcello, Kinsler, <laughs> and Price, I want to say. Look at them go. Yeah. on that team. I do have to say, I'm proud for Scherzer. Scherzer took took a big contract to the Nationals, and he has just produced. You know, we Agreed. used to hear that these big contracts just don't work out. Max Scherzer has been worth every penny the Nationals paid him. A huge contract five years ago. This guy's produced yeah. every year, and his team has just not been good enough to get there. Love to see him in the World Series. Quick uh, caveat here, too. How funny is it that they got to the World Series <laughs> without Bryce Harper? I thought that's what you were going to say. <laughs> that's it's this pitching, right? Like it's, 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 the pitch, pi- it's, it's the pitching in today's league. Like that's got to hurt, though. It's pitching, and arguably Juan Soto has been a better outfielder than Bryce Harper. Yeah, and he's a rookie. postseason. Yeah, wow. So I I do hear not to go full on baseball, but the ALCS they got four straight games now because the game got postponed. Yeah, so well, that's a, four straight games. Oh, it's to a game changer. That's where baseball is fun. Those back to back games. That series and, is probably going seven too. And 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 then. Uh, the Nationals are going to have to rest like 10 game, or ten days before they're going to play. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it doesn't do a classic Tigers thing where we sweep the ALCS and then blow we just it. absolutely blow in the World Series after having a yeah. week off. Yeah, no, it kind of gets that feeling. But uh, congrats to them anyway. That's their first World Series berth for the Nationals. For, Ryan, all, for all our national fans out there. Oh, yeah. Ryan Zimmerman out there. Is yeah. it his last season, by the way? Is that a thing? Like, he, the guy it's gotta be they're they're talking about it like he is. I, I didn't see that he retired. But. I wouldn't be surprised if they win, especially if he just hangs it up. Because he's like Mr. Nationals. And what better totally. way to like End hang up career. your career? Yeah. Mr. Nationals. Dude, that, that is a title you would not want 10 years ago. <laughs> no, yeah. But if you go out with the World Series, hey, take it with pride. Legendary. Well, thank you for the questions this week, Griff. Thanks for being on with us. I, hopefully I'll be able to join maybe towards the end of the NFL season and maybe Painting Manning will be able to actually win a couple more games this year and maybe still make the playoffs. Maybe celebrate the uh, fantasy, fantasy uh, championship. We'll see. We'll have to bring you on for the hockey coverage. Hey, hey you know, yeah. if you I'll boys want to, off. yeah, we'll do it when you guys are off. Trev and I can go go all in on oh, Of that. course, we'll get uh, Nick Fenchek in here too as well. We'll, we'll get my dad in here for sure. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> I would love Mr. Griffin on the show. Talk some hockey. Thanks. Welcome anytime. Thanks for having me on, gentlemen. Thanks for joining us. That's all we got for you guys this week. Sign off. Peace.